game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Gives it to Leon Dreisaitl. One-timer whiffed by Hyman. Shot score. Hyman had it tipped home by Dylan Holloway. And the Oilers take a 1-0 lead at even strength. Here's Holloway. Racing in left-hand side. Rich shot score. What? An elite finish just underneath the bar. Delia, no chance. Holloway's got two tonight. Three in the preseason. And Edmonton extends to a 3-1 lead. Never reached Holloway. Ends up drifting behind the net. Back on Holloway's stick. He shoots and scores. Hat trick. Dylan Holloway. 5-2 Edmonton. And a four-point night for the rookie trying to make this hockey club. They're throwing their hats away for Holloway. Tonight at Rogers Place, Dylan Holloway, three goals and an assist, leading the Edmonton Oilers to a 7-2 preseason win over the Vancouver Canucks. Two preseason games now left for Edmonton. They will open the regular season next Wednesday against the Canucks, and Dylan Holloway looking more and more like he will not be denied when it comes to being in that lineup on opening night. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 10.03. We're live inside Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, I, I said during the first period when, Hill, when Holloway had a goal, it's always nice when the player you feature on the face-off show comes up big during the game, and he was far from finished. I mean, he had an excellent game. Uh, he did. Uh, the expectations for him tonight were huge. Uh, that's all we talked about on the pregame show. We felt that he had an opportunity to showcase his talents playing with Leon Dreisaitl. The first period were a lot of penalties, so you didn't see a lot of five-on-five five time, yet he did have the goal, and he just got better as the night went on. Uh, he's he's got the ability to be ability to be an elite hockey player in the National Hockey League. He's got speed, he's got hands, he can shoot the puck, uh, and he's got good on ice vision. And when you combine all that and put it with uh, a superstar like Leon, it's just going to uh, manifest into something special and that's what we saw tonight the when he's got ability put with opportunity you're going to have success and i think that's what we're, we're seeing is the start of hopefully uh, a nice career for dylan holloway in edmonton i know that contracts and salary cap come into play and i don't understand all of it and that's why all these teams have a guy that just looks at salary cap but if you're going based on play dylan holloway is not only on your team He's in your top six, and he's starting next Wednesday in the opening night. He has been good, and Bob said it, and I agree. Three of the four games that Dylan Holloway has played in, he has been the best forward for the Edmonton Oilers. I said it to you on Overtime Open Line on Saturday, and I said it to Bob. He's a young player, inexperienced mm -hmm. in the NHL, because he's only played one playoff game, and that was about four minutes. But he makes NHL plays. And, and what I mean by that is, what, what, my definition of that. Is, are, are things that are are difficult, but if you're in the NHL, you make them almost all the time. Mm -hmm. And I thought his second goal tonight, so it's a two-on-one, the Vancouver defender takes the pass away. And Holloway had to kind of stutter a little bit, and he's forced wide and low. 
And that play easily could have died. Yep. And on a lot of players, it, it, it would have died. It's, it's a weak shot. It's a hope pass that goes into the defenseman pads or he tries a saucer pass, but it's too high to knock down or he shoots it into the goalie's logo and it's frozen. So it looks like, all right, this has gone from a grade A scoring chance to now a grade C, mm -hmm. grade D. Yep. And then all of a sudden the puck's in the net. He, he still was able to make a skilled play and finish the play and not waste an opportunity, even though Vancouver looked like they'd taken away the Oilers' best chance to score. Well, the, the defenseman did a really nice job. He, he took away the pass and said, all right, goaltender, this one's on you. And Holloway was just better than the goalie on that. Uh, he sees the ice well. He understands when the puck's on his stick what to do, and he's even better when the puck's not on his stick. He can read the play and get himself in the right position. Uh, the goal that Barry scored, it was a nice play. He came across, gave an outlet for Leon Dreisel in his own end, and just a little touch pass up to Hyman and then drive the net. Those are all things that uh, you expect players to do 100% of the time, but they don't. And he doesn't get caught watching the play. He makes the play. He creates the opportunity for his teammates. He was good. Now, there, it's not going to be a straight-up road for him. Like he's, Every night's not going to be great for Dylan Holloway. But what we saw tonight is when he's on his game and bounces go his way, He's capable of doing this. Uh, I believe he's earned another spot in the top six. Now, I have no idea what their top six is going to look like uh, on Wednesday in Vancouver. There could be a lot of players left home. But uh, he is, he is the way he's played in preseason in, in, in Penticton, there's not been a drop-off. He's made the team in my eyes. And he'd, I have him in my top six to start the season. And then... Give him the certain amount of games and see what you can do and see if he's got consistency to play at this level. And, of course, we have to acknowledge the phrase that you, me, broadcasters and fans around the NHL use about 2,000 times a day at this time of year. It's only the preseason, yep. which, is, which is fair enough. And we've talked about it. Last year's preseason sensation was Brendan Perlini. Mm -hmm. So things don't always translate. So I, I think that's fair for anybody who might be sitting back a little skeptical and say, okay, uh, you know, uh, December 10th, you know, when they've played, yeah. you, you know, 100%. a bunch of grinding teams, how's he doing? Absolutely fair comment, absolutely relevant. I, I will offer this, though, to look at it from the other angle. The, the difference between, just to use Perlini as an example, mm -hmm. Perlini had spent the previous year, so now two years ago, out of the NHL. So the previous year, 32 teams, or I guess 31, I don't think Seattle was in yet, had said, we're not even sure about yes. this guy. So the Oilers were giving him a chance to reclaim his career. And he, and he had a couple nice moments yeah. in the regular season, but generally he was in the minors. Holloway is is on the way up. He's, he's going to get better. And I also think, Rob, and we've talked about this before, that the Oilers are, are in, a, in a different stage than they were seven or eight years ago, where great we finished last again we finished 29th again we got a high pick we have to play him because we don't have anybody else oh and by the way we're playing other guys who should probably be in the AHL <laughs> I think the beauty of it for Hall he's, no, he's in a you know a hockey mad market fans know their stuff things get scrutinized but I also think if Dylan Holloway you know if he if we hit mid-December oh maybe he's only got three points in his previous 10 games on this team it's not the end of the world Sure, you, you know, people are going to know his stats and all that stuff, but it's 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 not like, well, if Dylan Holloway doesn't produce, the Oilers are screwed. It's not like that at all. If it, He can come in, find his way. If he's in the top six, sometimes great. If, if he's swapped in and out with somebody else, 
I don't think that's the end of the world. He can he can kind of come along and, and learn how to play in the NHL. Well, Connor McDavid actually touched on that the other day, and he talked. Is it Reed Schaefer? Is that the kid's name? The first round. He talked. Yeah, yeah, he went back. To and he said he came in, and there was no expectation for him. He can come in, just enjoy himself, get his feet wet, and go back to where he belongs because they're a much better hockey club than they've been. And the difference between Holloway and a Perlini, Tyratty, players like that, is those were surprise preseasons. And they made the team, and good on them, they had to come in and have a good preseason to make the team. But they were surprises. I don't know if anyone's really surprised what Holloway's doing because... This was the expectation, whether it was to happen this preseason or in December or in March, the expectation was that Dylan Holloway was going to be an oiler and he was going to be a top six player. And he's just maybe started it out a little quicker. Now, this might fizzle out, and after 20 games, maybe he needs a reboot. But Dylan Holloway is going to be an Edmonton oiler and going to be a top six player, just like Yamamoto. Had a really good preseason that one year. Didn't start it go as well. Spent a little time down in the minors. He's now a top six guy. And I think most of us here believe that that's where he's going to be for the near future because he's proven it at this level. He's got a consistency now. The problem for that we that the Oilers have is with Jesse Pugliarvi is it's there's still the hope that he could be a top six player. But there's also they've had four different coaches look against it and say, you know what, I'm not sure he can play at that, that, that spot on a consistent basis. And that's where a guy, every time you don't, if someone comes in and takes it, has an opportunity to take your spot, it's a younger player coming in, and you're out of the lineup and all of a sudden he goes, goes in and does something like this, there's always that fear for the player sitting in the press box, that guy right now might be stealing my spot. Well, and the good play has to be rewarded. Yep. So... You know, Woodcroft and Manson and Gullitson and Fraser can't be telling the guys, like, you got to earn your shot. You got to earn your shot. And then, and then say, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, nice, nice hat trick, but here's your ticket to Baker. <laughs> like, you know, you know, things you got to, you got to be accountable for and, that. And the thing is, and just like if you look at Yessie, you're going to look at the whole body of work for Dylan Holloway. You can't just be blinded by the three goals. You're going to look at what he does on the back check, what he does getting pucks out of the zone, what he does getting pucks in. Now, I thought he was good at those, but they're going to be broken down much better by the, the coaching staff, and that's what you're looking he for. He kills penalties a bit, too. And he's, that's, he's given a shot. And that's another thing. You, you When you're looking for ice time for players, that's a huge factor. Yes, he pulled doesn't kill penalties. Yes, he's not on the power play anymore. He's lost, and that's not on Yessi. The others have gone out, gone out and got a Kane, and they got a Hyman. Both those guys are ahead of Yessi when it comes to power play time, and will be. They've got big contracts. They're good hockey players. So Yessi Pugliarvi's not on your power play. Yessi Pugliarvi's not in your shorthanded situations. So now he's only a five-on-five -five guy. It's sometimes in games that we saw in the first period tonight, when power plays come in and penalties come in, all of a sudden that player is taken out of the game, and we've seen a lot of coaches. If a guy sat for eight, nine minutes, I've, I'm not putting him in anymore. Right. So now your bench becomes three lines, and you don't play the rest of the night. You've got to be able to find a way to get on one of the special teams. Warren Fogel talked about it, he's, and he's now 
trying it out here in the preseason. He needs to get on the penalty kill if he wants to stay in the lineup because you've got to be able to do something other than five on five or you find yourself at the end of the bench a lot. All right, so the Oilers win 7-2 over the Canucks. Holloway with three goals and an assist in the regular season. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we'll turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at JV Edmonton. Sorry, Rob, you cannot print one up in the preseason. I've got a couple left over from last year. They okay, might not so notice you're, you're down there. Good. Yeah, I'm going to go down. You're still good. I'll try it. All right, let's go down to the Hall of Fame room. Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Hey, Jay, um, you said obviously early in camp that you were going to give Dylan Holloway this opportunity. What did you make of his game tonight? In the yeah, he had a heck of a game tonight. Um, I thought that line with Dreisaitl and Hyman and, and Dylan, they were the best line on the ice. They controlled the puck. Um, they didn't give up a ton um, against. And, um, yeah, we went down to 11 forwards there. So we moved some pieces around uh, and found people extra ice time. But that was a, a good game for Dylan. He's got to feel good about it. And, you know, he's, uh, he's going to enjoy it. And then... You know, he knows tomorrow's the, the next battle, and tomorrow's battle is going to be uh, just to rest and recover and get ready for Wednesday. Um, he, he's seemingly gotten better throughout from rookie camp on. Um, obviously, that's the expectation for him, but do you want to get him into these last two games to, to against the top, top quality competition to really see what he has to offer, I guess? Yeah, I, th I think what we'll do as a staff is we're going to do our work on this game digest it and and then see what we have left and we'll sit and strategize as a as a group and and try and find um the right lineup for wednesday night when i say the right lineup it's also about answering some questions um as you said, we expect two pretty good lineups in the last two games uh, of the year, or of the of the preseason. And um, you know, so we're gonna, you know, you you balance everything, you know, in terms of uh, answering the questions you want answered. But at the same time, you got to make sure you're getting your team ready for when the regular season begins next week. Are there any questions you feel that need to be answered still about Dylan and his game? Well, I think the more Dylan plays at this level, the more he feels comfortable and the more he shows his teammates and his coaching staff where he's at. Um, it is the preseason. And so, you know, he should feel very good about that game today. He, he put down a good one. It looked like he had good chemistry with Dreisaitl and Hyman. And, you know, he's going to, like I said, he'll rest and recover tomorrow just like like everybody else and get ready uh, for whatever Wednesday, whatever comes on Wednesday. And just last one for me, any update on Tyler Benson who didn't play? Uh, you know what, I didn't talk to our doctors. He was being evaluated, obviously took out of uh, took out of the game for precautionary reasons. He tried to come back and, and take a shift and um, it wasn't feeling where he wanted it to. I'm sure he'll get a picture on it, but I haven't talked to the doctors. Jay, when it comes to the Dylan, he's obviously got a world-class shot. He's got a great shot, but he seems to get into the right spots. Like, he's, he, he reads the game really well at a high level. Is, is that what kind of maybe is most impressive about him at this at this young age? Yeah, well, he's got the raw materials of an NHL hockey player. He's big. 
Uh, he's strong. Um, you know, he has a real good skill set in that he's a he's a powerful skater. He is. Uh, feeling fully healthy um, you know he had a rough go there with his injury uh, in his last college game and um, it's taken him a while not only to get back up and running but also to just you know feel better about it and the act of shooting to feel more comfortable for him and so he's put a lot of work in. I'm happy that he's having some success here. And as uh, Daniel mentioned, it seems like he's getting better uh, each day. And that's what we're asking our team to do is, is to make sure that we're improving on a daily basis. And I just want to ask about Jack Campbell. What, what did you think? He looked like he got more comfortable as the game went along than he made that, un that unbelievable save, I guess. Do you like, do like where he's at? And is he going to get another game? Does he need more time? Or how yeah, Jack will get another game for sure. He was really good. Um, I didn't think we were the cleanest of teams in the first half of the game, and he kind of allowed us to settle in. Uh, he made big saves uh, when called upon. That one in the third period you're talking about was excellent, and uh, but I think he made a bunch of really good saves early in the game. Um, you know, unfortunately, we scored one on you know that went off our body and in the net. But uh, you know, he was he was very good, and a big reason why. You know, the score and the goals against were, were only two for the other team. Jay, uh, what dimensions of Warren Fogle's game are we seeing right now early in preseason that we didn't necessarily see at the tail end of last? Well, he's, he's feeling confident. And that comes as a result of a lot of hard work and hard effort. Um, you know, he's, he understands also, and I think this is important for everyone to understand, is that he understands the positions he's in, which is to, he's battling to make the team. And he's battling for his place in the lineup. And I think that's exactly what we want to see out of Warren Fogle. It's exactly what we want to see about, that's exactly what we want to see from others that are in that same kind of position. Uh, I think he is um, skating. Uh, he had some, obviously scored two goals tonight, um, but he's been a factor on the penalty kill. He's had a good stick and, and good physicality on the forecheck. It's a credit to him. Um, but again, I go back to what we are saying about Holloway is that in preseason, it's about stacking a good day on top of a good day. So uh, great performance for Warren tonight, and I know that he's going to rest and recover and be ready for whatever uh, happens for Wednesday. You mentioned how much of a factor he's been on the PK. Uh, what exactly are you seeing from him on the PK, and is that a role that you can see him uh, be put in in opening night well he's fighting for ice time for sure on that it feels like uh, there's a lot of penalty kill options um, for us uh, especially up front um, so there's people that are fighting for that ice time we said earlier that that's privileged ice time as a penalty killer I see Warren as a good skater I see him as a long body um, you know he's willing to be in the shot lane and, um, you know, I felt good when he's on the ice on the penalty kill. So he's, he's got a healthy opportunity on it through his th first few games in the preseason here. That'll continue as, as we finish up the preseason. And what he makes of it, his opportunity is up to him.
Jay, just a uh, big picture. Uh, a lot of veterans played tonight. Just how do you see your group rounding into form as the preseason starts to wind down here? Well, I thought, well, I'd like to give credit to Vancouver because they had kind of a pesky, uh, pesky lineup, and I thought they played hard. Um, you know, I think there's things that we can clean up as a team, but our, it, you know, we found a way to win a game in the preseason on home ice. I thought there was um, some real positives in that game. Uh, for our entire team and then I thought there's areas that we can continue to work on it is the preseason that is what uh, what our focal point will be on Wednesday's pregame skate and uh, as I said about our individuals it's 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 also a team thing where we got to get better every day and and uh, that's our plan as we head uh, into these last two preseason games. All right, that is Jay Woodcroft after the Oilers' 7-2 win over the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Didn't really have an update on Tyler Benson. Hopefully he's okay because he was, once again, I thought, trying to get involved in the play, but uh, he left the game in the second period. Yeah, I, I think Tyler was uh, looking for the 13th forward spot. I think the, the fourth line start of the season was set with Ryan Shore and Janmark, but I think Benson has fought himself fought his way into being here on opening night. I think he's played well. I think he understands what his role would be with the Oilers, and he's accepted it, and he's excelled at it here in the preseason. So uh, it was unfortunate he didn't finish the game because, again, he, he looked good early in this hockey game doing what he's been doing as of late, and that's just being annoying to the opposition. Uh, it, it looked like he took a, a knock early in the game. He played a couple shifts after it, and then he disappeared for the rest of the night. Again, yeah, you don't... Uh, you never want to see a guy lose an opportunity because of injuries. Hopefully this is just a short-term thing, and we see him back on the ice very quickly. Okay, Oilers win it 7-2. You're going to hear from Dylan Holloway when we get back. We're live in Studio 99. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. And now Bouchard beaten by Patoles. Back door. What a play by Campbell. A remarkable glove save. Seems certain to be 4-3, but Connor Garland absolutely victimized by the Oiler netminder. Wow, save of the game by Jack Campbell, courtesy Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Campbell, a good night, 28 saves. It was 4-2 when he yep. made that save. Could have given the Canucks a little bit of life about halfway through the third period. A phenomenal save. It, it was, and you said it right there, too. It's in a 7-2 game, you don't think of a save you know, keep giving your team the, the victory. But it's 4-2, the Canucks, and Woodcroft talked about it. They, they did battle hard in this game, and at times they had control of the puck in the offensive zone, and that was a really pretty passing play, and you thought Garland had wide open end. And we talked, uh, I think it was the end of the first and the second, how well Garland plays yeah. against the Oilers, and he always seems to produce. Uh, he's going to be... Uh, thinking about that on the plane ride back to Vancouver because he had the entire open net. It looked like an automatic goal. Uh, but Campbell came up with a big save at a big moment, and that's what the Oilers needed, those kind of saves. Campbell was very good in this hockey game, and that just carried off of his last appearance. I noticed, because they showed the replay several times, obviously, when Campbell was defending that, he was squared up to the... Uh, who made the pass? 
I think it was 86 or something along I that line. I can't remember. Anyway, he, he was squared up, but he already had his glove up in the air. So when he pushed across, his glove was already kind of that mid-net height. Because if he needs another split second to lift his glove as he's going across, mm -hmm. probably doesn't make the same. Because it was basically like it was eight inches from going in. It wasn't almost like he's pushing his body out with his hand there, already attacking the puck with, with, his, with his glove hand. Um, I know that Kelly Rudy or... Uh, Dustin Schwartz, they'll have a lot better idea of what he was trying to do, but whatever he tried to do, he was successful at it. Again, you're going to need goaltenders to come up with big moments and big saves during a hockey game, and tonight he did. And it was a 7-2 victory, but uh, the Vancouver Canucks were probably two inches away from having a 4-3 uh, score at one point in this hockey game in the third period. So uh, Campbell made a big save, and the, the Edmonton Oilers forwards responded afterwards with a little bit of insurance. All right, let's hear from the hat-trick man tonight. Here is Dylan Holloway. Yeah, yeah nice two goals there. Uh, Dylan, just how would you describe your game today? Nice to get a hat-trick in front of the home crowd. Yeah, I mean, it felt, felt really good. It was kind of one of those nights where everything seems to go right, but... I mean, I owe a lot to my line mates. I was playing two pretty good players there in Leon Heim. So uh, I thought we thought we played well, and it was just good to get the win. Talk to players who didn't feel good going into a game and then had a great game, or vice versa. Any sense of what you kind of felt like maybe something like this could happen either during the day or once you got your first maybe time? Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that I was playing with Leon Heim, so obviously I, I was pretty excited, and uh, my adrenaline was going there right from the start. So, um, yeah, I was super excited all day and just, just felt good. Dylan, sorry to put you on the spot. Uh, and I was probably too quick to reflect. When you look at your journey over the last couple of years or so when you're battling these injuries and trying to get your way back, and now you're kind of riding momentum, but uh, maybe take us through what's going through your mind. Yeah, I mean, it feels good. Um, obviously, last year was a long road uh, rehabbing the wrist, but uh, right now the wrist feels really good, and it uh, feels good shooting, and I'm not even thinking about it, so I'm just out there playing hockey, which I, which I love to do. i got to ask you, what do you think of the nickname Hollywood from Tyson Berry? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't mind it, but uh, I, don't, I think it's pretty funny. Are you embracing it? <laughs> yeah, I don't mind it. Honestly, they can call me whatever, but... <laughs> Do you feel as the more you play, like you're going to start playing against some NHL lineups as yeah. close as you get, do you feel like how comfortable are you now that the competition is going to ramp up here in the last Yeah, season? I mean, feeling good, but yeah, you're right. The, the competition is going to pick up. It gets tighter out there. So I uh, just got to play simple and play hard and kind of get pucks deep and I don't take my chances when I get them. This morning, Jay Woodcroft was talking about the need for guys to get noticed. Obviously, and you've done that prior to this game, but you seem to ratchet that up even more. Have you heard that message? Is that was that kind of just your your mindset before every game was make sure you get noticed, to make it a tough decision? Yeah, I mean, I think going into camp, I just wanted to play well. Um, I just wanted to play my game, and I knew I knew I was going to do something to try and make the team. So, um, yeah, I'm just happy happy the way things are going. But we got some more games coming up. Dylan, one thing that your head coach always says is you have to earn your confidence and earn your opportunity. When you found out you were playing the top six alongside one of the best players, what's necessarily going through your mind? I mean, obviously, I was really excited. Uh, I've been watching Leo the last few years just tear up the league. So, uh, to play alongside him tonight was really special. It was a good opportunity, and uh, yeah, I was just thankful for it. Yeah. All right, that's Dylan Holloway, an exciting night in his young career. Three goals and an assist. Oilers win the preseason game 7-2 over the Canucks. We're happy to hear from you, 780-496-0063. You're going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl and Tyson Berry. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins 
on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Nugent Hopkins over to Bouchard. Fake the one-timer. McDavid left circle. Tipped home. Hyman sitting back door, and McDavid put it right on his stick. Well, we expect big things from the Oilers' power play again. That was the power play goal tonight. Second period, Hyman made a 2-1 Oilers. Bouchard, great job to keep it in at the blue line. McDavid gets it, feeds Hyman right in front, and as he's getting checked from behind, knifes it into the net. Well, Hyman made it made himself big in front of the net. He got good body positioning on the defenseman. He shielded his stick away from the defenseman, had his stick set up behind the goalie's pad so that when the pass came, it would just hit the stick and bounce in the net. A nice play by McDavid, but Hyman set that whole play up by the way he positioned his body and his stick in front of the net. Yeah, I... <laughs> I wrote a couple of years ago that I thought the Oilers could have a 30% power play. They mm -hmm. haven't done it. That's pretty hard, but they're going to probably be over 25 again. And it's funny, Jack and I were talking on my show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think we went back 10 years, and there were only a couple teams that had over a 20% power play, and now it's basically half the league is, is 20 or better. So that's another reason why I expect that scoring mm -hmm. is going to be up. Uh, this year because teams are pretty good on the power play. There's a lot of talent. Leon's so good at that one-timer, and today he made it a little more challenging because he tried to baseball swing one hit. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, and if there's anyone in the National Hockey League that could do it with some success, it would be Leon. Uh, the thing with the Oilers' power play, um, their power plays can have special years where all of a sudden everything goes right. Uh, teams haven't been able to adapt to it, haven't been able to read it. Um, and all of a sudden you have that special year. What's hard for power plays is to do it consistently next year, then the next year, and over and over and over again. Because when your power play is successful, the entire National Hockey League is sitting down in the, in a, uh, the, the computer room with all the video and trying to figured how to stop it yeah so so it's like it's like okay here's why they're successful let's break it down and they get it like here's connor all his shifts here's leon here's exactly what they're doing so the opposition knows what the other's tendencies are on the power play yet the others continue to find ways to create and the biggest thing that i see with the others we've talked about it before in their power play all their players are interchangeable if you watch other power plays if you watch ovechkin in washington he's always set up in the same spot mm -hmm. And which may, it's pretty cool because he keeps scoring from there, but you know where he's going to be. And Backstrom's on the other side, and the, the plays are there. The Oilers, Leon could be up on the top left. He could be on the top right. He's up high in the slot. He's down beside the post. Connor moves from one side all the way around. It's hard to kill a penalty. Excuse me, kill, yeah, kill a penalty or stop a power play when the guys that you're stopping and the guys that are supposed to have tendencies aren't where you're you watch them on video. Okay, well, Leon's supposed to be here and Connor's there. Well, wait a sec. Now they're on the opposite. So it just throws you completely off. So that's what's so cool about the Oilers' power play is that they're so adaptable. So if you're going to take this away, well, guess what? We're going to throw this wrinkle at you, and they continue to have success. All right, Oilers win at 7-2. Let's hear from Leon Dreisaitl. Very, very happy with what we've seen with him. You mentioned the, the competition ramping up. How much do you want that in the final two games? I'm not sure if you play both or not, but how important is that to maybe at least have one where it's legit NHL guys on the other side? Uh, yeah, it's it's important. Uh, I think every player is, is a little different there. Um, you know, obviously, um, you want to go up against guys that, that you'll see a lot in season. So um, it's, always, uh, it's always important to have at least 
least one or two games where, where you got a legit lineup. And Leon, sorry for jumping on a little late, but what are some of the elements of Dylan Holloway's game that really stand out to you as a line mate? Well, I think it's just his, his hockey sense, uh, which come, comes from his work ethic, actually. It allows him to get into good situations and, and be up on the play and... and, and he gives himself an extra second to make a play, um, which which is obviously big if if you want to succeed offensively in this league. Uh, you know that's where it all starts. So um, yeah, very very impressed with what we've seen so far. Seems very uh, almost natural. Like he seems comfortable. Uh, he's played lower down tonight, more of an offensive role. What's your assessment of a kid that we haven't seen a lot because of the pandemic, couple injuries? Yeah, I mean obviously he's he's been through a lot the last couple of years, I think, and and he's finally feeling good and, and obviously you can see the excitement in him um, to, to show what he's capable of um, and you know he's uh, he's really impressed everyone I think around here and um, yeah I mean he's he's looking really good yeah, and you had a chance to skate with him right when he was getting back from his injury in January how much different does he look now compared to that why you can't you can't compare the practice with uh, actual games I, I can't answer that. Um, his hand was he's skating with one hand. He wasn't even shooting. So uh, obviously he, he, he could always skate well. You can see that. But in these games, in, in, in real games, you see a guy's hockey sense, the way he reads the play, right? That's, that's what's important. So um, it seems to be there. Um, so, yeah, I think we're all, all excited. But with that being said, you know, like I said earlier, competition ramps up. It's going to get harder and harder. Um, but obviously very impressive what he's done so far. And uh, I got no doubts that he'll, he'll adjust to any, uh, any competition. The one thing that you heard Leon say three times in that interview was he talked about hockey sense. And when you play with star players, that's the biggest thing they're looking for. They want a guy that can read you can understand where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to be there. And that's why I think uh, a Dylan Holloway is an exciting prospect for Leon Dreisaitl because he sees the game the right way. So when Leon Dreisaitl talks about what skills that Dylan has or how he's changed, or he kept mentioning his hockey sense. That is key when you're playing in the top six in the National Hockey League. Yeah, it's exciting, and, and maybe, you know, Bob alluded to it on the, the face-off show. I mean, certainly you want to see Holloway again, and, and maybe he's with McDavid and Yamamoto or McDavid and, and Kane, um, or McDavid and Hyman. I don't know. Honestly, I, 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 don't, I don't see that, for the one, unless, of course, they take a broken lineup to, to Vancouver. But if, if they're going to have a full lineup in, say, the last game of the preseason, because I don't think the, all the stars are going to play in Vancouver, they're going to have a, a full lineup... I, from what I've seen with the Oilers the last number of years, and Jay Woodcroft has followed with it, they found lines that they think they like, and they keep them together through preseason. Like, sure, every time that Ryan and Yamark and Shore have played together, they've been a line. Every time that Nugent Hopkins has been with uh, in the lineup with McLeod and Fogle, they've been a line. So I, I think they really like McDavid with Yamamoto and Kane. Therefore, there's a the, the competition right now is between Pugliarvi and Holloway to see who plays with Leon and, and Hyman. So that's why I don't think you'll see Holloway with McDavid. I think they like what Holloway could bring to a line with Leon. Three of the top five power play seasons in Oilers history 
have been the last three years. So here's the top five. In 1920, they got to 71 games. You remember that year? That was a good year. They were 29.5%. And who knows? You said 1920? 2019 oh. slash 20. Oh, I thought... I thought the year 1920. Yeah, so like, like 85, 86, <laughs> 1920. So okay. 2019, 2020, okay. the season shut down in March. They were 29.5%. Maybe they could have got to 30 if they would have played the other mm -hmm. 11 games. In 82, 83, not in the future, 1982, 83, <laughs> they were 29.3. In 2020, 2021, the 56-game season, they were 27.6. Back in 1985-86, they were 26.3, and last year they were 26% even. I mean, I, I, they should be over 25% again. I, don't I would think, think that's, they are. I don't think that's making some well, nutball prediction. No, for two reasons, I believe that you're going to be correct. Well, three, because one, you're normally correct, so that's a given. The other two are scoring is up in the National Hockey League. Yeah. So that's one thing. And two, they keep it's the same players. So it's not like sometimes you over a course of two or three years, there's some players that have come in, come out. For example, the Calgary Flames, their power play is going to be completely different this year than last year because they lost Kachuk and Goudreau. The Oilers' great power play players are all back on the team. Yeah. And they've added a Kane for a full year. <laughs> Who's going to be yeah, on well the they team? Cycle through the yeah. net front guy. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's like it's been. I mean, Yamamoto scores the power play goals. And Hyman and, yeah, and Kane. So they've got their stars are there, and they've added and to Bouchard it. Bouchard is probably going to play more. Mm -hmm. And nothing wrong with Barry on the power play, but Bouchard has a better shot. Yep. I mean, even if that's three Barry, or extra goals a year. Barry moves the puck better. Bouchard shoots the puck better. And having said that, Bouchard can move the puck, and Barry can shoot it. Just if you're going to look at the two, and to that, it's just going to be. A, a, a gut feeling by the coach, mm -hmm. and B, who's more rested when the power play starts. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. The Oilers knock off the Canucks 7-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Uh, I keep saying the game's in Vancouver on Wednesday. It's actually in Abbotsford for in the uh, AHL building. But anyway, it's down there. It's in BC. It's in BC. It's in BC. Well, that could be, could be in Dawson Creek. They could take the sled dogs to the game. I guess there's not enough snow. I would hope not. Not yet, anyways. Let's check the Edmonton scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. So, NHL preseason. The uh, Nashville Predators are over in Switzerland. They beat Bern 4-3. Devils blank the Bruins 1-0. Hurricanes ring up the Blue Jackets 8-1. Maple Leafs win 5-1 in Montreal. Penguins over the Red Wings 3-2. Avalanche knock off the Stars 3-1. Flames win at home 4-1 against Seattle. The Blue Jays won 5-1 in Baltimore. The game got called in the eighth because it was raining. It was actually raining the entire game. <laughs> they just went until the Jays got a big lead, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the Monday Night Football game was uh, a San Francisco victory 24-9 over the Los Angeles Rams. The Oil Kings, uh, big, uh, long road trip coming up to the States is going to start in Spokane on Friday. Okay, you can get us at 780-496-0063. Oilers win 7-2. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Midway through the second period. Here's a steal on Connor Garland by Devin Shore, and he finds a wide open Jake Bertanen right wing over the lines. Backdoor feed, and Fogel finishes. 6-2. Fogel from Bertanen. Fogel scored twice, 51 seconds apart. 
in the final two minutes of the game to round out the scoring. Oilers over the Canucks 7-2. I mean, it was already in the bag at that point, but Fogel gets a couple. Yeah, yeah. well, he got a lot of ice time in the last four or five minutes as the Oilers just rolled two lines back and forth, and both lines produced. Uh, Fogel was good. Uh, he was a guy that, I mean, probably small question marks beside him. I don't think... Uh, he lived up to the expectation that a lot of fans had for him last year. There were glimpses. Um, wasn't as strong down the stretch. Uh, he came in, talked about he wanted to be a short, uh, a shorthanded guy or penalty killer this year. Wanted to put the work in. And I think the last two games he's been very good. And the line of Fogel with McLeod and Nugent Hopkins has been good. And I think that if the season were to start tomorrow, that's your third line and could be a very effective line. You got a, a guy with a ton of speed, a guy with very good hockey sense, and then you got Fogel, a guy that's a meat and potato type of guy. They were good in this hockey game. Yeah, and that's and Jay Woodcroft has talked about that several times that they that when he came up last year, they wanted to strengthen the spine of the team, as he put it. So that means having Nugent Hopkins as a third line center. Because mm -hmm. when you talk about, I mean, we've gone from talking about the Oilers' big three. I mean, now they have, to me, they have a big five because Hyman and Kane are consistent yeah. producers, impact players. But Nugent Hopkins isn't going to be in the top six if he's on the third line. Now, again, that's another good option. Oh, you know what? We need to shuffle things up tonight. Oh, we'll put Nugent with Dreisaitl and Hyman. You know, there's... And, and what you love about uh, Nugent Hopkins as a third line guy is he doesn't lose ice time because he's on your power play and a very important part of your power play. And he's on your penalty killing and... If he's not your best penalty killer, he, he, he's your top two as a forward. He's always start, usually starts. So he's uh, he's still going to get his minutes, and you just have that safety valve as your third line guy because you feel safe when he's on the ice. You know he's going to make right decisions defensively. You can put him against the other team's top players and feel good about it. So yeah, the Oilers have finally got depth up front that they can move Nugent Hopkins down and not take a whole lot away from the offense of the team. Nugent Hopkins played 1940 tonight. 435 was of that was on the power play and 348 was shorthanded. So basically eight of his 20 minutes to round off was on special teams. Now, there were a lot of penalties tonight. Probably if I were going to pick at one thing about the Oilers preseason they have kind of taken a few too many yeah. penalties uh, along the way I mean maybe that'll go away uh, during the during the regular season but they I mean they were shorthanded uh, because when was Vancouver's goal Vancouver scored 424 into the second period that was already their fifth power play in the game of the game so not even 25 minutes into the game the Oilers have taken five minors well and, and you think about it if that's 10 minutes of killing that means 10 minutes of no Connor no, Kane. Well, Kane uh, kills him. Sometimes. Kid, not not yeah, often now. Not, not as yeah. much. No, Leon. And if they do get out there, they're in a defensive positioning. They're not out there doing what they do best. So, And then it also takes a Benson out of the game. Shore wasn't killed in the take. Took Shore out of the game. Uh, Vertanen wasn't out there. He doesn't play in those situations. So it does really uh, hamper a lot of players uh, when they take dumb penalties. And tonight, the penalties were just, you know, reaching in, sticks up, things like that. They will be better come regular season, I believe. All right, so Vertanen got an assist today. Mm -hmm. uh, he was plus three. He plays 10-17. He was credited with one hit tonight. Do, I mean, it's it's a PTO. I mean, technically, you can be on a PTO for Ever. forever. I mean, Chris Kelly was here that one season into, I can't remember how long it was, but it was into the season. 
Um, do we like? Do we need to see more? Do you, do you do you take him on this trip with the team building activity coming up? I mean, well, two things. One, if Benson's hurt long term, that opens up a possibility. I don't think he's done enough to earn a spot here. It, to me, it's whether or not they want to use a contract to give him a two-way deal. I don't believe he starts the season with the Edmonton Oilers. I don't think he's shown enough. I, now, the the, the assist, the, the play he made to to. Um, Fogel back door in the tone one. That was a beautiful pass, a wonderful pass. But they're not looking for two-on-one capabilities from Vertanen. They need a guy that plays with edge on the fourth line, and we haven't seen that. So to me, he's he's on the outside looking in when it comes to this team this year. Uh, Dmitry Semrukov, nice night for him. He goes plus four. That is a nice night. 50 vice time. Got a got a shot on goal. Kind of took that one long-range uh, mm -hmm. shot on a drop. I mean, obviously, a lot of Oilers had some good stats. Like Shore gets three assists. I thought he was excellent. Goes plus three. Yep. I thought Shore was very, very good. I think he just cemented his spot in the in the fourth line. I thought he was very good. Yeah. Um, as for the defenseman, uh, he's behind Niemelainen and Broberg. So he and um, Ryan Murray. So he'll be in the minors, but uh, a nice showing. I mean, the first time we saw him was not a, a good night for him in St. Louis. A couple, was it last year? Last the year Chris, yeah, just after Christmas. Yeah, so that was a tough one. So good to see that uh, he had a good response in the game tonight. Zach Hyman, goal and two assists in 17:51, six shots. I mean, Hyman, to me, preseason, regular season. He's the same playoffs, player. Like, here he is. Yeah. There's no, there's no off button on him. There's no where you're gonna. It's like on a stove where you can turn it to different levels: two, four, six, eight, ten. Hyman's always on high. Like there's no, he doesn't, you know, bring it down a little. Oh, it's an exhibition. I'm only gonna give 60%. Uh, he's he's a player that everybody wants to play with, and as a fan, you cheer for because he's he's a great player and a great person. So you want him to have success. All right, let's go down to the Oilers dressing room. He had a goal tonight. Here's Tyson Berry. Things were maybe a little bit slower going, but then eventually second period came around, third period came around, and the Kings started to work themselves out. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, just a game that was tough to get into with, you know, power play early and then penalty kill, penalty kill. Um, we definitely took too many penalties, and it kind of killed our uh, rhythm to the game, but um, we did a good job sticking with it and um, staying out of the box the second half, and then, you know, I thought we, uh, you know, scored some goals. For you, I mean, I know it's preseason and you're always nice to kind of get a goal and just kind of build that confidence getting ready for the season. Yeah, I mean, even it's preseason, you want to feel good and um, you want to feel good heading into the year. So nice to uh, to play well and, and get a goal and, you know, kind of be involved in the offense a little bit. So, um, yeah. You jokingly were calling him Hollywood. Yeah. Now Hollywood's like writing quite a script here. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, it's a bang on nickname. I mean, he's got the blonde hair, the smile he's a great kid and uh, he's going to be a heck of a player so uh, yeah something like that <laughs> no, he's uh, a great game out of him and you can just kind of see the way he uh, you know he works 200 feet of the rink he plays well defensively and then he's got he's got the skills he's got the speed so um, you know he's going to be a big addition doesn't take too much too many strides for him to get going full speed like he can be going that way and then all of a sudden oh yeah no, he's a quick little he's a quick little guy it's yeah. impressive uh, you know you, you you want guys like that to step in and make an impact in your lineup and I think he's uh, you know he's well on his way. 
All right, that is Tyson Berry after the Oilers' 7-2 victory over the Canucks at Rogers Place. Edmonton 4-2 in this preseason with two games to go, playing Vancouver and Abbotsford on Wednesday, and then Friday night at Rogers Place, they'll be hosting the Seattle Kraken. You can get more on this game, more on the team on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Don't forget Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports at 6 at 7.30. I'll hand it over to Morley Scott for uh, his latest edition of the Elks this week. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound. We've been live in Studio 99, Holloway a hat trick and an assist as the Oilers beat the Canucks 7-2. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a good night. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.